This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! the Off the Shark Central Podcast, episode 26, Jack! Woo-hoo. And... That's like a total random number that means nothing. It means nothing, <laughs> but it's more than 25. It is. And it's two weeks in a row that we have an episode out. Yeah. That's exciting, except you weren't here last week, Ronnie's not here this week. And you weren't I'll there call- during the interview. Well, I wasn't there at the one before. I might not be at the next one. Right. I've got a lot going on uh, this week and next week, so. Mm. Well, we, mm. it's a two-man podcast. We like to keep our hosts fresh. You know, it's like that's right. It's like sports. You put somebody on the bench, and then they're fresh the next time around. Because we want to deliver the best quality, and that's the form- formula we've come up with. It's it's systematic. It's not because we're lazy slackers that can't even show up for our own podcast. That's pretty genius. I gotta say. I'm impressed, Jack. I'm impressed. We, uh... I can BS with the best of them. <laughs> you and I were at Heroes this past weekend, not together. We were talking about that in the pre-show. Uh, we did not run into each other. And, he, dude, that place is a dead zone for real. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully you don't have any 911 emergencies that you need to make a call for. Because <laughs> you ain't getting a signal. <laughs> If you ever need to use your phone at Heroes Con, good luck. Go outside. Because <laughs> in the building, no. Well, the problem is it's downstairs, right? Yeah. I, I think, think it's underground. Yeah, it's underground. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that, you'd probably be okay. But uh, well, yeah, that's what I because they had Wi-Fi and they were. I, I kept asking. They were like, "No, if you want Wi-Fi, just go upstairs." What? Never, yeah. Huh. Interesting. They wouldn't give it to me. I was tempted to ask Joe. <laughs> but I was like, that's cheating. I better not do that. <laughs> I don't know if he would give it to me anyways, but if he did, I'd be happy and feel kind of bad at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. He might have. I didn't even think about doing that. Because I try to connect to all the hotspots, and they're all required logins. And I was like, oh, I don't have time for this crap. <laughs> well, none of them work. I tried them. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it, it, they required a username and password. Well, because they're only for uh, uh, vendors. Yeah, right, right, right. We know some vendors. Yeah, that's why I was saying I was kind of <laughs> cheating. I was thinking about it. Anyway, so... like Joe was like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Then I look like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so true. I didn't, I didn't do it. Did you, uh, did you get to go to any panels? The only one I went to was the Southern Bastards panel. Oh, yeah. How was that? Dude, we went, like, right by each other because I was at the next room over. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I wasn't able to stay. Oh, uh, okay. And I was really looking forward to it. Jason Aaron and, and Jason Latour. Um, and I love that book. I've been reading it since the, since it first came out, and I love every mm-hmm. single issue of it. And, but it's an edgy book, right? It's not for kids. It's very yep. adult-oriented. Um, and I got in there, and I have my 10-year-old with me. And I take him to, to you know, I mean, 
I didn't take him to Wolverine, but I take him to like some stuff that's a little edgy. But we got in there, and Jason Latour was just like, "F this, F that." <laughs> I mean, immediately, like, and I don't know what he wasn't even he, he wasn't talking about anything important, and all the eyes just immediately went on me and my son. That's like, funny because I got called out as well. Yeah, um, I went to two panels. I went to the horror writers panel, which I'm gonna post. Um, probably on the Nerdy Legion feed. I thought about doing it on here because uh, Donnie Cates were there and Paul Jenkins was there. Um, but there was very little Aftershock talk, although Donnie did talk about baby teeth quite a bit. So I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it was a horror writer show, and I think they started, and I can't remember if it was Paul or Donnie, um, dropped an F-bomb. And then, and then he's like, "Oh, you're here with your little kid." Because I, I took, I had my six year old with me. Right. Um, I had both kids with me, but the older one, she was walking around the floor uh, while I went to the panel. So I had the six year old, okay. and he's like, um, he says something about, you know, like uh, that's what you get for bringing your kid to a horror comics panel. Right. And I was like, eh, nothing she hasn't heard. It's fine, you know. <laughs> well, but. Uh, yeah, I would have done that, but I looked around and nobody had kids in there, and I was like getting the evil eye from other people. And I was like, oh, let's get let's get out of here, Ethan. Oh, uh, who cares, dude? I don't know. Look, here's the thing. So I, I'm a big horror fan. I have it for a long time, and most of it is my dad's fault because I mean, right. I was watching like Nightmare on Elm Street with him when I was like five or six. Yeah, you know, like my daughter. My daughter doesn't like horror. At all. Right. Like, she sees a guy with a knife and she runs away. Yeah. Right? You know? um, just, like, the thought of something horrific happening scares her. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know what? I want to go to this panel. I'm not yeah. going to send her to the floor with the other kid. Um, so she's just going to have to deal with it and come with me, which is fine. Like, she ended up taking a nap. So uh, that worked out. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I did uh, I went the... I went to the Garcia Lopez and Lee Weeks panel, uh, which is awesome because they were doing live drawing at the panel. Okay. Oh, cool. Uh, and I'm a big fan of both those guys. So yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Joe didn't do one, did he? No, there was no aftershock panel. Yeah, I looked and I didn't see one. Yep. Heroes is um, it's different than other cons though. Like if you notice, a lot of it it's it's just like artists and the vendors, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Because what what publishers were there? Uh, nah. Ominous was there, Aftershock. Yeah, small guys. Skybound, uh, Zenoscope, and I think that's it. But I'm not used to um, like Marvel or DC going to any of the cons around here. Like they don't go to yeah. they don't go to NC or SC. Nope, 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 nope. Now Marvel had a booth at C2E2. Yeah, that's right. But that's so, that's semi big time though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, and Hero- you know? Heroes is weird because it doesn't have those big names, but it's huge. And there's a—I mean, I think it's bigger than uh, SC SC Comic Con. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. At least Although this year, S- I think I, like I think SC within a couple of years will be as big as Heroes. Oh, it's growing. Uh, oh yeah, it's growing a lot. I'd only been the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's growing a lot. Well, but Heroes. Was it? it was pretty small not too long ago, also. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the, uh, the industry's growing. 
I don't know. That depends who you ask. Right. <laughs> it depends who you ask. It's, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It seems like comics are with the with all the movies coming out. It seems like it's 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 going a little bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know if that would, reflects in the sales. I don't the know about issues, but yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it reflects in the sales, but I think it reflects in like Comic Con attendance. Yeah, Comic Con attendance and toy sales and yeah, yep, merchandise, all yeah. that stuff. Yep. But uh, so yeah, AfterShock was there. Joe was there. Joe's always awesome. Yep. So uh, we got a shot. Uh, shout out Joe. Um, I talked to him for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, no, the thing is, like, every con that I go to, I see Joe. Right. And we we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like, once you see him that often, you end up <laughs> like running out of stuff to buy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem I had. Because oh, we just talked about this, but I'll say it again. We um, he always gives you well, not. I don't want people, to, listeners, to expect this. <laughs> but he's been really cool with us because I mean, this is good. This podcast is good publicity, right? Sure, I mean, sure. People right. listen to it, and maybe they buy stuff that they wouldn't other, buy otherwise. Um. So, so he helps us out. I mean, he gives us stuff, and and it's gotten to the point where I look around and I want to like contribute and give him some money, and I can't find anything because I've either already bought it, or it's something I'm just not that interested in. Yeah, yeah. But yep. this, I got it in front of me, this lenticular cover. I just thought this was awesome. Um, I'm still not sure if I'm saying that right. It's the I'm one with to, the church scene, right? It's the church scene, and she's holding yeah. the baby, and it's like yep. you turn it. It's she looks like Mother Mary holding Jesus. Yes, but then yes, you yes. turn it just slightly, and the light changes, and it's and she's like dressed in a, a snowsuit or something. Looks more like a normal person, and he's like a demon. And if you switch it back and forth, it moves around. It's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's and I, cool. I used to have toys like this when I was a kid. I'm trying to think of what it was, but I remember when I was a kid, you'd buy stuff that had this sort of thing. Oh, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff like that, dude. And I, I used to collect uh, comic book trading cards, and yeah, that was like the was. thing, either the holographic cards or right. like the lenticular cards. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and I was thinking like, so this thing was, he was selling them for 30 bucks. And I was like, man, I had this stuff on cards when I was a kid, and they cost like you know a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not lenticular is a cool thing now, man. Yeah. DC's doing uh, DC's doing some as well. Yeah, and he also had a limited number, so these are pretty rare. Sure, sure. Yeah, I went to the booth and I talked to him, and he's like, I got something for you, and he gave me Jimmy's bastards and baby teeth. Yeah, uh, very for both. I was like, all right, cool. Let me pay you. He's like, nah. He's like, it's for you. I was like, ah. I was like, Joe, you can't give me stuff, man. I'll, I'll pay for it. He's like, no, no, no. That's you can nice of it. you. I didn't even <laughs> offer to pay for the stuff he gave me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I looked at the, around the table. Um, the only thing I didn't have was the um, the Dreaming Eagles hardcover. Yeah. Which looks really nice. It's oversized. Yeah. Right, um, and I, I might end up getting it at some point. But I think it was pretty expensive, though. Is it? I, th- I mean, how much could it be? Like thirty, forty bucks, no, right? I think I looked on the back of it, and it was like seventy bucks or something. Whoa, really? I'm, maybe I'm totally wrong, 
But I remember picking it up and thinking, okay, this would be something because I, I really wanted to buy something. And even though mm-hmm. it wasn't I, – I know most of you guys love that story, and I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but it was a really cool hardcover. So I thought I would buy this. I would buy this. And then I saw the then I saw price, the- and I just slowly put it back down. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I might skip out for that price. But, I mean, it's nice, dude. It's, yeah, it's cool. huge. It's huge. So we'll see. If, if they did like a Black Eyed Kids oversized hardcover, I'd buy the shit out of that. Oh, oh put yeah. a timestamp on there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know that. But, uh, yeah, again, Joe, Joe's awesome, as always. Um, Donnie was awesome, as always. I don't talk to oh, Paul yeah. a whole lot. This is my um, first time talking to Donnie. You've talked to him before? I talked to him very briefly at C2E2. Yep. He, he had a uh, – so when did you talk to him at Heroes? Uh, right after the panel, he was doing that signing. At what time? Like oh, around God. four? Two something. What? Oh, so you didn't talk to him at the booth? No, 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 no. Okay. So I waited for him to come back to the booth, which they had the time on there. It was 4 p.m. I was certain I'd run into you guys at that time. But oh, he went, to, he went to the Aftershock booth? Yeah. Okay, because he, he did a signing at the, uh, at the Heroes booth. He was busy, man. I mean, when he got yep. to the Aftershock booth, he had a line, I think, longer than any line I saw at the entire convention. Yeah, he had a pretty good line at the Heroes booth, too, because um, you could only buy the Heroes Con variant from Heroes, not right, from Aftershock. Right. Which was kind of cool. And I made yeah. a mistake, because I, so I told Ronnie I would, I would pick him up one. Um, yep. and I, I decided I'd get one for myself also. I don't, <laughs> I don't buy variants, and I came away with like four variants of baby teeth. So were you able to buy multiples? Because they were doing limit one. Well, so here's, my, here's, my, here's the story. Um, I went, first of all, I got in line. I stood in this long line to talk to him, mm-hmm. uh, to get him to sign some stuff. And then I, just, I don't know why. I didn't really think about it. I just assumed I'd get up there and buy it when I got up there. But they didn't mm-hmm. have them there. You had to go to the front desk where, when you walk in and buy them from Heroes. So, um, see, maybe by that point, because I know they had some there in the morning. Oh, at the booth? Yeah, at the Heroes booth. No, no, no. Um, that's but, what I'm talking about. I was at the Aftershock booth. I assumed they would I, have, oh. them, have some there. Oh, right, right, right. No, yeah, because that's yeah. – see, when I, the first thing I did when I got there was go to the Aftershock booth. And I talked to Joe, and Joe said, no, you have to go to the Heroes booth. Yeah, yeah. So Which I, I, I had some, but but I'm going to tell you they had some Friday and sold out. Huh. Um, well, because more. one one of my friends that was there, he went to ask for it, and they were sold out when he went. Um, but they said they were going to have more the next day, which was Saturday, the day that I was there. Yeah. Um, and I saw they had a couple when I swung by there. Um, but yeah, they were they were limit one. So, anyways, you were saying so your story. No, so I waited in line, this long, thirty minute line, whatever. Got up there, signed my stuff, and said, "Hey, let me get one of the variants." Also, and they're like, "Oh no, you got to go to Heroes booth and get that." So yeah, I'm like, right, oh, right. Crap! Right. So I'm gonna have to go get that. And I, I, I contemplated getting. I just got my stuff signed by him, so I'm like, I'm just gonna get Ronnie's book and leave. <laughs> but then I was like, man, I can't sign all this stuff and then not get Ronnie's signed also. So I went and got it and had to go back and stand in line like, a second time. <laughs> Um, but, oh, but my son was with me, so they let me take two. They were like, I just That's need cool. to see two heads. I was like, good, because otherwise I would have, you know, done a lap around the booth and come back and got another <laughs> one. <laughs> so, but That's anyways, awesome. I, 
I went back and I got him to sign that. And I talked with him for a little while, and uh, he said he wants baby teeth to run for like a really long time. He said he has. He says that he had enough ideas for this to go about fifty issues. Yeah, it's cool. And I took a double take. Like really? Um, yeah, but he's cool. he's also doing redneck for image. Yep. Have yes, you read he is. That? Yeah, it's really good. I, yeah, I heard it's really good. I haven't read it, but um, he re- at Heroes people were saying great things about it. But he said. Like those are the two titles that he wants to be his focus for the next couple of years. Yeah, he well, he's got a third book coming out too. That's, I think it's being announced next month. Okay. Um, which when I post that panel, you'll you'll hear about it if you listen to it. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, he he really loves doing Baby Teeth and Redneck. Um, I think he said he's in like he's writing issue like fifteen or sixteen of Redneck right now. And I think issue two or three just came out. Mm. So, like, he's really far ahead. He really likes doing it. Um, he seems to really dig Baby Teeth. I mean, he couldn't stop talking about it yeah. at that panel. Um, and then that other book he's coming out with, I don't know what it is, but apparently it, like, freaks the crap out of him when he writes it. <laughs> huh. So, that's exciting. What would it take for Baby Teeth to go 50 issues? I mean, it would really have to become a... Major I mean, people need to buy hit, it, right? right? Yeah, people need to buy it. To what extent? Because there's like, there's books like Hickman has East of West, which is like thirty some issues in now, and I don't, I doubt that's a huge seller. I think East of West is ending, though, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is, or it just ended, maybe. Um, it's not a huge seller, but the thing is, like, who does he have to pay himself? And that's and the artist, and that's it, right? You know, that's a shame. Like as long as the enough. book, as long as the book is paid for itself and then some, yeah, then there's no reason why they can't continue it. Mm-hmm. You know, and with a smaller publisher, they can probably that they, they can definitely warrant doing books with lower print runs for longer because right. they don't have a lot of infrastructure to pay for. Yeah, you know, you got to think like a Marvel book. If they're selling twenty thousand copies, that's getting canceled. <laughs> Right, because they got to pay they like everybody overhead. at Disney yeah. and everybody at, up above Marvel, like the execs and all that. Right. Like, think about Joe. Like, who does Joe need to pay? You know, like editor in chief, the investors himself, mm-hmm. and the creative team. Like, that's a handful of people. So you can, you can be successful as an indie publisher with a lot lower print run. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you want to sell as much as you can, but uh, you you can make do with a lot less. Yeah. So. Well, I wonder if because uh, like Hickman also, he he has the name recognition. At least mm-hmm. he did when East of West. He was when East of West started. He was like big time. Right now, oh, yeah. right now, I mean, he's not doing anything. But so a lot of people latched onto that early on and probably stuck with it. I wonder does yep. Donnie Cates have? I mean, does he have that big of a name? I, th- yeah, I think he's getting there. I mean, he's been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. Um, but just now starting to get recognized. Because um, I remember he used to work for Valiant, um, not writing books, but he would do like character treatments and story treatments, things like that, um, when wow. they first relaunched. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. That's not that long ago. No, it's not. Yeah, well, I mean, he seemed to be really popular at Heroes. And, and let me tell oh, you, yeah. I didn't get to... I wasn't on the last podcast when you talked about Baby Teeth, but I, I love this book. Yeah? You this, want you want to share some thoughts? 
Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys covered it all, but I, 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 this is, to me, this might be my next, this might be my favorite. I mean, if it continues like it seems like it could in this first issue, mm-hmm. I think this would be my uh, favorite Aftershock book. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Now, the, the first issue covered a lot of ground. I mean, it's the whole origin story, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does after this because he's going to develop these characters, and I don't, it's, I, I, I don't imagine it's going to be as, as, as packed with content as his first issue is. So, mm-hmm. um, But I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and Joe said it did really well. I think it might be their top-selling book ever. Really? Huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Okay, good. Um, so that's good. It's great. Yeah, but wait, you know, because some of their other top-selling books, for me personally, kind of let me down a little bit. And I was like, why is, why is this the top-selling book and not like Black Eyed Kids or something? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I agree so with I'm, that. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that because I get it. This is a really cool story. I think it's well-written. It's it's unique. It's it's a little bit edgy in its own way. So I think it has a lot of the uh, the variables a book could, you know, needs to be successful. So, yep. Now I want to read Redneck though. After reading this, yeah, Redneck's good, man. Redneck is good, and uh, God God Country. I don't know if you read that. I think that was Image also. Right. I think I have that. Yeah, it's really good. Don't skip battles from Donny Cates, man. I'm telling you. He uh, he did this book. I think it was for Boom. I'm thinking of the uh, Matt Kent book. Oh, uh, Grass Kings? No. I'm trying to look on my shelf right now to see what I'm thinking of. For God, uh, God and Country? Was it? Uh, well, go ahead. I mean, there's a Queen and Country. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that that's, Rucka, that's Rucka. No, that's, that's Rucka. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. I have not read God Country. But if you like Queen and Country, he's doing. Um, oh God, I can't remember what the hell it is. He's got a book out now uh, where it's like uh, a, a team of like immortal soldiers, mm-hmm. and it's a lot like God, uh, Queen and Country. So does he like these uh, sort of religious themes? Sure seems that way, right? Yes. Um, the uh, the way he explained the way he explained it is like something will happen in his life, and he writes a story about that thing. <laughs> okay. But it's a but it's a comic book, and so a lot of times it'll be, you know, like completely misshapen. Like you couldn't recognize it as that. Right. Well, hold on. Uh, Redneck is about vampires, and Baby Teeth is about like a demon baby. So, what's going on well, so, in Donny Kate's life? We need to so, we need to learn about. So, so, I'll tell you what he was talking about about Baby Teeth. Um, so, he and his wife have been together for a long time. He said like fifteen years, I believe. Okay. And um, they don't have kids, right? And so, but they've thought about having kids, but you know, they feel like they're at a point where like. How much is their world going to change if they have a kid? Okay. And like what difference will will that make in their life? How is that going to impact them? Um, And so to him, he can translate that feeling into this girl who's lost 
And, you know, huh. I mean, she, she's a high school kid. And all of a sudden, she's got a kid. Like, how does that affect her? Right. Right. On top of the fact that he's the Antichrist. But, <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, and some influence was uh, his brother, too. Like, his brother had a kid not too long ago. Um, and so just, like, to be able to experience that, kind of from far away, right? It's like a... I've always heard people say, like, you know, my parents were really crappy parents growing up, but they're awesome grandparents. <laughs> right. Right. As a grandparent, like, you don't have the same uh, responsibilities, I guess. Yeah. Right. So you can be a little more fun, a little more loose with the grandkids than you were with your kids because your kids, that's that's what you're raising. Right. And you know what? You want to instill certain things in them. And, yeah, you're doing that with the grandkids, too, but you can have a little more fun with your grandkids. So, so is it be- is it also because like uh, little kids they can be like these sweet innocent angels one moment and then the next be like a total <laughs> stubborn like demon child? No doubt about that. No doubt about that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's if interesting. That's the I like- case. I could totally relate to this book all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like the way Donnie thinks. Yeah, you know, um, and it really shows in the books that he writes, like the kind of mindset that he's in, right? And like the kind of things that he really enjoys uh, reading and watching and things like that. They really translate into what he writes. Yeah, and I appreciate that, you know, because that makes that makes him a very honest writer. And not every writer is honest when they write their stories. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, we gave it uh, we gave it five out of five last week. Did you, both of you did? Both of us did. Well, I'm right there with you then. So this might be a <laughs> good ACP book to keep. Mm-hmm. Top sure will. Sure will. This might be our next BK. It could be. That a matter of fact, I think I said that last episode. Now that uh, now that BK is on hiatus for what another month, right? Month or two. Yeah. Um, you know. We got baby teeth. I know you're not a big fan of pestilence, but I love pestilence. Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite things ever. That's that's me. I, I yeah, I know you guys both like it, and and everybody, the all the valiant guys loved uh, Britannia. I just don't like that genre. I don't know why. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You don't, have to, and, dude. You don't have to like everything. Yeah. And uh, but I and I was also really excited for Colin Bunn. Like in the back of uh, Baby Teeth, they have a preview for his new Aftershock book, Unholy Grail. Yep. But it looks like that same genre. <laughs> yeah, it I, does. I and actually, and we can talk about this because last week we were speculating because they hadn't announced a new book, but he's got a second Aftershock book coming out, uh, The Dark Arc. Ah, right. Yep. Which they had been teasing last week. And they they announced it like five minutes out there, put the episode out. (laughs) I was like, come on, guys. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that looks really cool, too. What's it about? It's got. It's. um, Like uh, a dark retelling of Noah's Ark. Hmm. Interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think, wasn't it you that compared it to, what was that book he was doing? Okay, was that what we were talking, The Goddamn, I was talking about yeah, Jason, the Goddamn. Jason Aaron, Goddamned. Yep, yeah, 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 that's the one. Wow, 
which is 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 this well no the goddamned is a retelling of Cain and Abel Cain and Abel except mm-hmm. it's sort of flipped like Abel even though he's the bad guy he's trying to make him into the hero because the world is so like messed up at that time mm-hmm. but in the middle of that is Noah he runs into Noah and Noah's doing his whole ark thing and so he's simultaneously sort of retelling the the Noah story yep yeah, it looks interesting, and yeah, it's uh, one do- one does doing the art. Of course, um, he has like half of his books. <laughs> that's what I told Joe at the booth. I was like, "How does one do have any time to do anything?" <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, one does done with World Reader. Like he had done the whole thing before they put it out. He's. What do you mean he's done? Like all the art for the book is done. Okay, is it a mini series? I guess. I think okay. he said it was like, I don't remember what he said. Five, six issues, maybe? I couldn't remember. But uh, yeah, he had all, he had that whole arc done. Huh. And they're like, well, Juan's not doing anything. Let's give him his other book. <coughs> Se- segway. <laughs> segway. Uh, we, did, we did talk about American Monsters a little bit, but I'm not going to put that on the podcast. We can talk about that off the record. Who did? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he's doing the American Monster also. Right, right. So he's busy, man. He's busy. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, let's segue. Let's segue. Let's talk about some books. Yeah. We have two books, World Reader number three mm-hmm. and Jimmy's Bastards number eight came out last week. Yep. I saw Animosity 8 listed, but it didn't come out, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, I should have asked Joe, and I totally forgot about it. But, uh, oh, that's the other thing he's doing. Um, Marguerite is going to do another Animosity the Rise. Ah. Uh-huh. And one Doe's doing the art for that. Huh. So they're doing the Rough Riders thing, and and even though it's the arc of the same story, they're going to put it out as a different title? I guess so. Well, originally, so Animosity the Rise is going to be a one-shot. Oh. Um, and it was really well received, and apparently Marguerite had a bunch of other stuff she wanted to talk about. So they're doing three Animosity of the Rise one-shots now. Gotcha. So two and three. I don't know if they solicited them yet, but mm. they've been announced. Oh, Animosity is still the second best-selling Aftershock title. Nice. Issue seven was, at least. Nice. In May, number one was Pestilence. Yep. Uh, Baby Teeth hadn't come out yet, and then number two was Animosity with six thousand seven hundred. <laughs> it sounds so low, but hey. and from from what I hear, Jimmy's Bastards did really really well. In like what top was five. That? that was in June. That was June though, so I don't I don't see that. I'm looking at May. Yeah, Eleanor and the Egret was third. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that holding. To be honest, I don't I don't see it staying at number three. Well, you know, Sam Keith's got a lot of fans. I'm yeah. included in, in that group, so you know, I'll, I'll buy whatever he does. Right. Well, I'm, uh, not, I'm not saying it because it's bad. It just doesn't seem like something that would have broad appeal. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but you know what? The creative teams do, and they have very loyal fans. So. Yeah. So that's one through three. What do you think number four was? Uh, for what month? May. For May. It's another person with a big name. What's the um, next biggest name on any... Aftershock title. 
Oh, God, I don't know. I would have said Paul Jenkins, but I don't think he had a book then. Um, I don't know. What was it? Uh, Warren Ellis. Oh, of course. Shipwreck. Of course. And then after that was Normals. Normals number five, which is too bad. I guess that is too bad. Because that was the number one. I expected a number one to be a little higher. Yeah, people should be reading that. It's really good. Yeah, so I've got my fingers crossed that when June comes out, Baby Teeth will be number one. Anyways, let's get back on track. So, all right, let's let's go ahead and do World Reader then. So we segued into that. Uh, let's see, who who's doing that? Oh, Loveless, Jeff Loveless yep. on writing. Yep. Wando on art. Yep. And I, I don't know the rest of the team because I don't have the book in front of me. Uh, the uh, letters are Rachel Deering. That's right. And that's it. Oh, I mean, oh, well, yeah. Mike Martz one is the editor, but doesn't, doesn't Mike Martz edit everything? Yeah, yeah, yep. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so we're reading number three. I'm trying to think of the nutshell recap. Um, I mean, it, pick, it picks up directly from last issue. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she takes Kirby, and that I remember because I'm sure it's based on Jack Kirby. Uh, she takes Kirby, the spaceship, out to this other planet to see what's going on. And that's where things pick up in this issue. But what's really interesting is, for the first time, we get a lot of backstory into how she got into this program to find alien life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is cool. Like, we hadn't seen any of that. It's just kind of been, you know, them floating from planet to planet Mm -hmm. to see if they can find life. Uh, Now we find out how she got here, what Earth is like, kind of. Uh, what her powers are, and why this? Why she's so dead set on continuing this mission, even though the rest of the team wants to go back home. Um, so it turns out that somebody in her she lost somebody in her life, um, and his name is Paul. And I remember that because the episode, the the issue title is Paul, and of course, one of my best friends is named Paul. <laughs> so uh, we won't tell him he's in this book though. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get the wrong idea, but um, she lost this person. Uh, my assumption is through whatever's going on on Earth, because you get some some hints of it, but not completely. Uh, but whatever's happening on Earth, like the environment sucks. It's super polluted. Uh, I'm assuming there's been a lot of wars because when they have that shot of NASA, mm-hmm. uh, it yeah. looks like it's in a desert. Right. So, you know, I'm assuming global warming, climate yeah. change quite a bit. She says uh, at one point that the whole world is sick. And she doesn't right. really say exactly what that is, but something yeah, like I mean, that I, you're saying. We can assume yeah. global warming and pollution, right? Sure. I think that, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what, what they don't explain is her powers. But now hold on, because I thought there was some common force destroying all these worlds. And I assume that it might be responsible for Earth as well. Well, the, yes, because there's that one panel um, where it looks like she's surrounded by a bunch of creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when she when she's talking about her abilities, she's surrounded by all these creatures, and it looks like um, creatures very similar to the creature she saw in one of her dreams in last issue mm-hmm. um, at this alien planet. So yeah, it might be a group of beings that are traveling around the universe. Maybe like sucking the life out of planets. Yeah. 
Um, but they're, you know, like, what, like fourth dimensional or something. So you can't see them unless you have the special ability. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Like, this is getting like super hardcore sci-fi, which yeah. I dig, you yeah. know. At first it was, it was great, but it was a little soft. And now that right. we're some world building, getting to see what's happening, mm-hmm. like it's getting pretty hardcore sci-fi. And I, I really dig it. Really, really dig it. But um, what they don't explain too much is these abilities, because she's not the only person that has the ability. What, what would you call her ability? She's not. I, I thought she's the only person we've seen so far, right? She's the only person we've seen. But that- I thought when she's talking to the lady from NASA, mm-hmm. um, she talks about how there's a lot of people that um, like pretend to have this power. Um, and abuse she, it. Okay. Yeah, she's the other people that pretend to have this power and abuse it, um, but she knows that she's the real deal because um, she doesn't want it and she doesn't flaunt it. See, now I took I read this differently. I thought okay. she was talking about other people. Like you're depressed, other people have depression, but I know you're not like crazy or just. Uh, I know this is not just a mental thing because she believes in her power. Like, she's different. Huh. Like, she has a reason to d- be depressed. Not to See, defend, that like, be, people who are... Because that whole scene happens at the hospital after she tries to kill herself. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess that could be a good interpretation, too. See, the way I saw it is they were talking about the powers. Yeah. And how that's the reason she wanted to commit suicide. And my assumption is that not only is whatever is happening on Earth, not only it destroying the planet, but it's also like changing people in some way, um, like giving them abilities. Huh. And she was one of those people. I think you're reading into it. <laughs> I, I could be. I could very well be. I could very well be. But uh, anyway, really cool like sequence of panels um, explaining all that history, oh, yeah. how, how she gets into NASA, how she's training, how nobody wants her there because she's not a scientist, right? She doesn't have a bunch of PhDs. She hasn't been in the space program or worked for NASA or any of the armed forces. Like she's just kind of a girl with psychic abilities. Right. And so everybody that's there just kind of – I don't know. Snubs her off. Um, like she's not important. But she trains really hard because she ends up believing in her abilities and that her abilities can make a difference into what's happening on the planet. Right. Uh, which is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we see her going into space, even though nobody in her team wants her there. Um, and again, right. we kind of already know that, but now we know that this has been like an ongoing thing. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily her fault either. Yeah. Just these people are being a-holes, really. Well, yeah, the guy who the who's sort of leading this mission never wanted her on the mission to begin with. Right. So it's not like they're just figuring out she's crazy now. He thought that from the beginning, and they sort of forced him to take her because this the other lady that we just mentioned believed in her ability and thinks right. she'll do some good while she's out there. Well, and so the, the so the weird thing was they they talk about the planning of this mission and how NASA has found a bunch of um, habitable planets. Right, and it's the classic. It's, it's the classic story, right? Where Earth is yeah. dying, and we got to find somewhere else to go. Yep. yep. 
What was the movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey? That was really good. Oh, uh, Interstellar? Is that Interstellar, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a lot like that, except yeah. in that team, everybody likes each other for the most right. part. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so she believes in her, but they, they know that none of these planets are habitable. But I think that's kind of... Do they know that, or are they finding that out when they get there? No, I thought that the the head lady said that in one of the panels. Did she? But that no, nobody knows that the planets are, not, are are habitable, but don't have any life in them. Hmm. Um, uh, she wants you. she wants her there to find out why there's no life there. Okay. Um, okay. So gotcha. I'm not sure how they know all of this stuff, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, really cool. So she's on this planet. After we get all the whole flashback scene. Uh, we find her buddy that's been kind of her champion in the first couple of issues. He shows up to, uh, quote unquote, rescue her. Mm-hmm. Not really to rescue her. We'll get to that. Uh, but he shows up and she's like, how'd you find me? And he's like, uh, you know, Kirby sent me your coordinates, even though you told Kirby, you know, to go radio silent. Uh, but she's kind of happy that he's there, but also a little upset. She's like, I don't want to be saved. And uh, he's, she's like, you know, I believe in the mission and I'm here. I need to find out, like, what happened here. And he's like, I'm not here to save you. He's like, I'm here because I believe in you. Uh, he's like, nobody else believes in you, but I believe in you. Right. And they share a kiss, which was a little weird. <laughs> felt the romance stuff felt a little forced to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. That happened. Uh, but whatever, it's fine. I did like, I, though, the scene... This, like I think it's the same page where so Ker- Kirby, which is like their their version of uh, like their version of Jarvis, like he controls uh-huh. the spaceship that they're on and controls everything, and they can talk to him. Anyways, yep. Kirby sends allows him to come back to get her, even though she told him to jam everything. Um, and I like this; it was it made me laugh. Where uh, anyways, he figured out she she figured out or he figured out that. Kirby kind of lied, and he's like, "Wait, he lied to you?" And he's like, "Well, didn't he, didn't you know he could do that?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "Wow, is Kirby going to kill us all now?" <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, you got to think about like this AI. I'm sure they programmed the AI for like maximum survivability, right? So if if she told him <laughs> right. not to send any radio transmissions out. But he knows if she's there by herself, they don't, she doesn't have food, right? Like they talk about this when they're going to the planet. They don't have any supplies. Like she wants to visit two planets. They barely have enough for, to go to one planet. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming there's no fuel either. So, of oh, course, yeah. sure. like – He has to break protocol. He ha- well, he's not breaking protocol. He's going against her orders to abide by his protocol. To a higher protocol or whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's like um, you, you know about Asimov's rules, right? Like, don't harm any humans. Well, like how how can you take that as the ultimate goal in the mission? Yeah, right. Like that's that's a higher order than don't tell anybody where I'm at. Well, yeah. I won't tell anybody until I know that if I don't tell anybody, you're gonna die. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't I don't think it's necessarily evil. Sure. I think it makes total sense. Oh yeah. Well, he was. In the comic, though, it read it read like he's making a joke. Yeah, right, right, right. Like he right. lied to you. Now, what's he going to do? Is he going to come kill us all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. It's cool. And that's, you know, those are both sci-fi tropes. And right. so that's why I think the book is really well done. But uh, what, what else happens in the book? Did I miss something? Uh, well, no. They just that. So the very last page, and this was weird for me because I'm reading on this preview copy. Uh-huh. Um, I guess we could mention preview copies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those when you podcast. Yeah, they're not secrets. Um, so I'm reading on this preview copy, and the last frame, and if you don't know what a preview copy is, it's like a low-resolution version of it that people who are writing reviews or podcasting or whatever can, view, can see sometimes early um, so they yep. can have stuff ready. But it has like these Aftershark watermarks all over it. Yeah. Um, just to make it really hard to for somebody to try to resell this or something. Yep. Yep. Um, but that last frame, they're pointing. What happens is all of a sudden, after they kiss and do all this stuff that seemed a little bit forced, they're startled by something they see in the distance. And she's like, "Oh God, what is that?" And he says, "Look, it's a." He says, uh, "Oh, I've seen that symbol before." Oh, I've seen that symbol before. Yeah. Now, but here was the weird part about it. When I looked up, all I saw was the big aftershock watermark. And I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? Is Aftershock planning to destroy the universe? See, dude, I've, I've, read, so many, I've read so many preview copies with watermarks on them yeah, you got that used I don't to even it. see them anymore. Really? Yeah, I don't even see them anymore. Well, the way this is drawn, it's sort of – maybe it's just because it's low resolution, but the art looks a little bit faded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like crystal clear art. It's a little bit slightly abstract. Um, so the, the, anyways, the watermark was just as prevalent as the mark they were looking at on the tree, <laughs> but, but way bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I thought about when I saw the watermark or the, the, the symbol on the mountain, it was a volcano, I think maybe, um, it looked like the halo symbol. Oh <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, they're going to go play halo now. But cool. we've seen this before also, wasn't it in one of the first couple issues? Yeah, 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 sure was. I don't remember where, but... Yep. Yep, it sure was. Yeah, but I agree. This was the definitely my favorite issue out of the first... Out of the three. And out of the three. By far. By the far. Fir- the first two, I was sort of iffy on it. I liked what they were... Tr- I liked the idea, but I really wasn't sold on the way the story had been told so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, I, I loved it. Agreed. I loved it as well. What's your rating on this one? Hmm. Just this issue, right? Not the whole. Just, just this issue, yeah. I'll give it a four point five. I would not give think... the whole whole run so far that that high of a mark. No, I wouldn't either. I think I gave the first two uh, four, maybe, okay. or maybe a three seven five. But yeah, this is definitely a four and a half. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. All that exposition that we get and all right. the the flashback scenes are amazing. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So. I, so... If Jeff's listening, we want more of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. an issue one and two. I hear you. I like one and two, but this is definitely uh, yeah. more up my alley. Well, sometimes, you sometimes you need Outside. issue one and two to get to a three. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. I don't know what Ronnie's rating is because he didn't tell us. Yeah, he didn't we're we're going to assume he hated it. Yeah. What no, did he you really... just give it? You gave it a 4.5? 4.5, yeah. Okay. Well, and that's Ronnie's all, as well. <laughs> when he's not here, we speak for him. That's right. Next up is uh, Jimmy's Bastards, number one. Oh, my God. 
I don't know what it's, to say uh, about this. It's uh, written by Garth Ennis. Yep. With art by Russell Brown. Russ Braun. Braun. That's right, Braun. Um. I'll, I'll let you talk about this one a little bit because I, I want to hear what you have to say. Well, all I know is what the I crap did told- I just read? <laughs> yeah, that's what, exactly what you told us in our, our private chat. You read it and you said, what the hell did I just read? Yeah. Now, I'm curious, though, why? Because I thought the story was pretty straightforward. Um, it's just weird. The story is weird. Right? So he's like... So he's like this sort of drawn uh, Don Draper looking guy, right? Yep, right. And he's all slick and he's all smug and snarky at the same time. And uh, there's seeing, he's fighting these weird villains. And yes, there's a monkey very weird with like a, a that has a human brain sticking out of his yep. skull, and he's fighting them. But really, the the bulk of the story revolves around him being sort of this. He's a womanizer, right? Yes. And he sleeps around with all these women. That's his lifestyle. He's like, I guess he's a good guy by fighting all these villains. But really, he's he's with all these women nonstop. The women he works with, he's sleeping. When he goes home, his there's women everywhere that he's making out with. And um, and it, the, the, the end of this book totally threw me. Because I thought they were just setting this guy up to be – that was going to be his character, okay? He's this womanizer, smug, smart, kind of snarky guy that fights bad guys, mm-hmm. right? And I was wondering, like, am I supposed to like this character or not? Because sometimes there's stories where a good guy is, like, purposely unlikable. Yes. But in others, they're, like, trying to get you to like a personality that you might not normally like. Right? right, and I thought it was going to be something like that. Okay, he's going to be this womanizer guy. I don't like his personality, but he's going to go save the day or whatever. And I couldn't tell what was going on. So the end of the, the way this book ends is not has nothing to do with that. It <laughs> it's it's like there's this doomsday like cult that's meeting at the very end of the book, and they turn out to be. Everybody in the cult is like his offspring. Correct. It looks like there's a room of like a hundred people and they have one mission and the mission is get daddy. (laughs) Like we want revenge. I don't know why, but I mean, I guess, I don't know why they want revenge. I mean, they're, he's the reason they exist, even if he's like a, a, you know, a creep or whatever, but for whatever reason they want to get daddy. And to make it even weirder, he's there. I don't know why, but he, I think, Jimmy himself is at this meeting. And one of the panels, okay, I'm going to read this. They show his face and he says, he's like, he's like egging him on. He's like, uh, the man who effed off and left us to it. Yes. Oh, yes. You know it to be true. And he's talking about himself. And his co-worker, uh, the other private investigator or whatever they are, he has her sort of in disguise in the middle of all his offspring doing something, and we don't know what it is. So that's why I okay. said, what in the world is that my reading? 
This All is right, so let me, let, me, let, me try to, let me try to explain some things to you. Okay. Educate uh, me because I'm lost. I think you're missing some things. Okay. Okay. Before I say that, though, I want to say I know Garth Ennis loves doing the war stuff. I know it's very popular for him. Um, but I love this Garth Ennis. Okay, the Garth Ennis that writes whatever the hell he feels like writing yeah. and doesn't give two shits about what he's writing. <laughs> okay. And I mean that in like a, a, as a compliment. Right, right, right. Not like doesn't give two shits because he's just out to get a paycheck for this book. Like doesn't give two shits as in he writes what he wants and doesn't care what anybody's going to say about it. Okay. And I think those, those kind of stories when he writes them mm-hmm. are, are his best stories. Yeah. Because if you can overlook certain things, they're the most fun. <laughs> and this book is a ton of fun. Okay. Now, I was confused at first when he's fighting all those guys on the on the Zeppelin. Okay. The monkey and the fat girl yeah. and that weird magician guy. Yeah. Uh, the twirly mustache guy. Um, I was a little confused because none of them speak like in, in complete sentences. <laughs> they all speak in non sequiturs. And neither does Martin. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they uh, they all speak in non sequiturs and it's full of profanity. Yeah. Right. So I was confused there, too. Before I continue, though, I'll get back to your thing. Uh, This is Garth Ennis writing James Bond. Okay. Yeah. So this guy is a a secret agent for MI6 or MI5, whichever one it is. I can't remember which one does it. I think it was six. Yeah. I know they've got a five and a six. I don't know what the difference is. I'm not British. If there's any British listeners, feel free to tell me. I'm not going to Google it. This is based in London, by the way. It is. Yes. Um, so he's a, a super secret spy for the British government. These guys that he was fighting are villains. Right. Okay. And I don't know how familiar you are with James Bond movies, um, but they're all set up this way, right? Like the villains are all super hokey. Yeah. They're all, they're not like serious villains. Yeah. Regardless of how evil they might be, they're just kind of caricatures right. of real people. Um, and I mean, James Bond in many ways is as well. Yeah. And the thing with James Bond is he, he is a womanizer, okay? But you don't see it like you see it in this book. Right. Okay? It's a little more, well, a lot more toned down. Um, <laughs> it is. It right. is. I mean, there, there's the sexy time stuff. Oh, right, right. Um, but it's almost like, okay. So, all right, so it's like this. So the James Bond movie would be like a story as if a historian wrote it, okay? Whereas the real story might be a lot raunchier, right? So like, uh, I don't know, let's just say like George Washington, okay? So from history, like, do you ever think of George Washington like doing anything bad? (laughs) No, of course not. He he wouldn't dare. Yeah, in the history books, it's like a super serious dude. Like he, he doesn't, he... Uh, defects from Britain. He wants the U.S. to be its own country. Like, right. go USA. Um, we got to kick out the British. We're not paying taxes or whatever. Yeah. All this crap. Right. But you know, I mean, the dude was a guy. He was a person. Right? Yeah. Or like he Christopher wanted- Columbus, who we celebrate a national holiday over, but he also took like child slaves and gave them to his men. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, <laughs> all these people like messed right. around their wives and they yeah. had slaves and you know they embezzled money and like all kinds of stuff right but a lot of that's not in the, in the official history books 
right? So it's the same thing. Like a James Bond movie is like the history book. And then like this is what actually happens. Okay. You know, James Bond is kind of a douchebag. He doesn't care about anybody yeah. except himself. Like he thinks he's awesome that he's a, he's a hero, you know, and he feels like he should get, you know, whatever he wants for it. And usually what he wants is women. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've ever watched the TV show Archer. But no. I know Ronnie and I were talking a little bit about this in our private chat. Like this Jimmy's Bastards is like if they put Archer into a comic book. Because the same premise, Archer's a, a secret spy. Um, he's got these mustache-twirling villains that he fights. He wants to sleep around with everybody. He's kind of a douchebag. Yeah. He's not very bright, right? But, like, even when he messes up, like, things go his way. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's that's pretty much how Jimmy is. Yeah. Right? Um, it's funny, too. Like, he even looks a little bit like Archer. And uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, I think it's on FX... It's on like season seven or eight. Huh. It's uh, it's a cartoon. Okay. For for adults. I thought Don, it's the first time I saw him, I was like, okay, this is Don Draper. <laughs> go, I think uh, I think Archer's on Netflix. Okay. Go watch uh, go watch an episode or two, and then tell me if you don't agree that this is Archer. <laughs> okay. But uh, all right, so yeah, so we get a lot of background on who this guy is. Yeah. What he does for a living, who the main characters are. Yeah, that all makes sense. There, but I want to hear your explanation of the ending. So I'm, I'm getting to that. So we get introduced to his new handler. Right. Um, and I'll come back to that in a second. So the doomsday cult is not a doomsday cult, even though it seems that way at first. Right? Like you would expect a group of mustache trolling villains getting together. Right. Okay, right. To try exactly. to commit some super crime. Okay. And as it turns out, when they post this picture up on the TV screen, uh, they're out to get Daddy. Yeah. They say that quite a bit, so you know what the mission is. Um, now, in terms of the guy, I didn't think that was Jimmy. I think that's one of his kids. So all these people are his kids. Um, and if you read the solicits, you would know that, because I'm pretty sure they said it in the solicits, um, how he's going to be going up against all his illegitimate children okay ah i got you which of course makes sense right like he's traveling around the world having sex with all these women like he's gonna have kids Mm -hmm. and they're all gonna hate him because first of all he is a douchebag so Uh, and second of all he was never a dad to them now the reason i thought it was him at first i didn't think it was him when i got to the very last page and they they show his picture that they're when they're all saying get daddy and they have a big poster of him yep one of the guys takes off his hood and looks – I mean, there, there are two pictures are side by side. He looks identical to him. But what you're saying is probably right now that I think about it. It's probably just a son that looks a lot like his father. Yep. Well, and I think that was kind of to drive the point, right? Because, I mean, they're all chanting, get daddy. Yeah. But if you look at, at all those people, like, they all look very different. You know, there's, like, yep. bearded guys, skinny guys, oh, fat yeah. guys, bald guys. There's women. There's men. There's, like, tattooed people, non-tattooed people. Yeah, there's some kind of, like, Asian – Right. Yeah, there's biracial kids. So, since we talk about biracial kids, um, that his new handler is one of his kids. Yeah. Um, which you kind of get hinted at when you first meet the cult, and then you see her in the crowd. But when you first meet the cult, and those cult members are talking, they're talking about, um, you know, like, she got in there. Yeah. Uh, she's working with them. 
but she hates it. She's getting cold feet. Um, and there's like the sexual innuendo, incest talk, and all this stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, of course she's a girl. He doesn't know it's his kid, <laughs> so he tries to sleep with her like immediately. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "I'm not interested." He's like, "Oh no, I know you're not interested." He's like, "I can tell when a woman doesn't want me." Right. Um. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you watch Archer, exactly what happens in Archer. <laughs> okay. Awesome. It's awesome. I'm telling you, you need to go watch Archer. They're going to be like, ah, now I understand Jimmy's Bastards. Right. But, uh, yeah, so, so all his kids have gathered together somehow. I'm sure we'll find out how uh, to kill him. Yeah. So does that make more sense to you now? Well, I mean, I get – no, the first part. The second part, you said the same thing I did. Almost, except that it was his son. The first yep. part, I didn't pick up on any of the uh, James Bond similarities. Gotcha, gotcha. But now See, that I, you I, say I, that, it makes of, total sense. Yeah, I thought it was kind of obvious because they go into the lab. Yeah. They got the gadgets there and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I did pick up on something that was obvious. Rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you haven't watched as many James Bond films as I have. I That's haven't. Awesome. I remember when I was yeah. a kid, my dad always wanted to go see every James Bond movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. man, we got to see another one? It was just like the last <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all very similar. So, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, I thought it was really well written. It's freaking hilarious. Now, did you if not – the way this ended, though, with his all his children and all that, did you not think that was just extremely peculiar and odd? Well, I mean, why wouldn't it be? You remember how the book opened, right? Yeah. He's, no. he's in a blimp fighting a monkey with a human brain on top of his yeah, head. Yeah, but that's sort of comic booky stuff, okay? Like, you, I mean, you read DC and it's like, okay, here's a guy fighting a shark man or whatever. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, yep. I'm used to seeing that stuff. I'm not used to seeing, like, a clan of a cult of people's offspring because he's a womanizer <laughs> plotting to kill him. So, yeah. Know. To me, that you know? no, but I, I'm not, and I'm not even saying this in a bad way. I'm not saying I'm saying it was like weird to the point like I might dream about this tonight. It was so <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it is different, but you know, if you're familiar with El, with his stuff, yeah, eh, it's not not that far off, right? You know. So, so I, I, I thought it was interesting. Now, the weird part for me is going to be because, like, maybe I'm getting old, but, like, I could do without the lewdness, right? And I mm-hmm. Now, if they're driving a point, which he's trying to do, clearly, with the direction this, this story took, then I'm, I'm fine with it. But now, if every issue is, like, filled with him getting blowjobs or whatever, can I say that on a podcast? Yeah, why not? Um then then I'm going to be like, okay, this is going to, it's going to start to annoy me. You know what I mean? Like, they drove the point home, but is they going to show those scenes every issue? I mean, they might. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, I'm curious to see how that, that, that develops. Because if sure. it does, I might lose interest. But See, those for, kind of things don't bother me, though. And you got to remember, like, he, he's a British writer, and their, right. their standard of lewdness is quite a bit different in Europe than it is here. Yeah, you know, in the U.S. we're very puritanical, so you're you kind of don't want a lot you know of profanity, or penis, or things like that. I don't know what it is because, like, we watch Orange Is the New Black, and I don't and I don't mind. I mean, they're in a prison, 
it seems normal to, for all that stuff to be going on. Some reason in comics, I it it, it, it gets to be more. Hmm. Like I just don't like seeing it. Like I don't and like yet, seeing. And Image yet, Southern Bastards is your favorite book, huh? I said, and yet, Southern Bastards yeah, is your favorite book. But again, in context, if it's in context, now there's some Image is notorious for creating stories and showing like male genitalia, like oh, yeah. for no reason. And I, Eric Powell, I love the Goon early on. It mm-hmm. was literally like one of my favorite comics early on. But it got weirder and weirder, and his his story started doing that to the point where okay, now I'm just being lewd for no reason except for this, the sake of giving you something to be like to freak out about when you turn the page. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that after a while, I lose it. See, I, but I don't. I don't think that's what this is going to do. I think there's, there's a, a purpose like for that this. though. Like I don't. I don't know if you. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of them are talking about the new Twin Peaks show. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen Twin Peaks in my life, so I don't know. My, I tried to watch an episode and I hated it. Um, but I, I mean, I liked other David Lynch stuff before, so yeah, maybe it's just this one show. But uh, I think that's one thing he does is a lot of times he just does weird things just to do weird things. Ennis or Powell? Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about Lynch. Okay. Twin Peaks. Gotcha. Um. Like my my wife loves David Lynch. Yeah, but she hates Eraserhead. Okay, because like it's him to the extreme, to the point where like it's not even cohesive. Okay, right. But a lot of people love that film because it's very artsy. Um, and I think it, maybe it's kind of the same feeling you're having. Like maybe you feel like it's okay to use it to establish something, but you don't want more of it. Right. Um, and to me, knowing his past work and his past work, it doesn't bother me because yeah. it feels like typical Anna stuff. Yeah, I hear you. I've never yeah. been a big Ennis fan. You know, but I, I did really enjoy this. And any time a comic makes me say, like, what the crap did I just read – then that's usually a good thing because it's doing something I'm not used to. Mm. And there's been so many comics that it's hard. It's kind of getting hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to rate this one up? Oh, sure. Oh, geez. You go, go ahead. Me? Uh, Ooh, ooh, tough, tough, tough. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and go quite a bit lower on this. One. I'm gonna do a three seven five on this one. Really? Yeah. Why? Um. I don't I I don't know. I think because it's weird. Like based on everything I've said, I should give this a five. And don't get me wrong. I I you know what? I have to change it because I really did love this book, and I laughed the entire time I was reading it. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna give this a four out of five. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't go higher than that because just based on the stuff in the first issue, I don't know what the meat is yet. If that makes sense. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm not talking about his meat. I'm talking <laughs> about the meat of the story. You beat me to uh, it. Because I, as much as I, I enjoyed it, I, I mean, I love the art. I love the writing. Um, I didn't care. Profanity or not doesn't matter. Um, I, I love his stuff. 
And this was hilarious, dude. Like from the first panel to the end, I was laughing the whole time I was reading it. Um, but I, I don't want it to be just that. Yeah. You know, and right. I, I compared it to Archer. And I mean, that's pretty much how Archer's been for the past, whatever, six, seven years that it's been on TV. And it's always the same thing. But somehow they managed to escalate it where it keeps it interesting. And I hope that that's what we get here. Yeah. Uh, and if it involves some of the same jokes and tropes, and I'm okay with it, as long as they can keep advancing it. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll take still your first score then and give it a 3.75. Because I wanted to give it a low score. Mm-hmm. But by the time I finished this, I was like, man, I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to. Um, yeah. and all the, all the, like, what the crap am I reading moments just, I don't know. It made it enjoyable. So, but yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's not something I would normally read. I don't know. I got to see more. No, <laughs> and I was that's... still bad giving it a 3.75 because I, I enjoyed reading it more than a normal book I would give it. Normally that's a, a book that I was, I didn't really, I enjoyed a little bit, but not a ton. Yep, I and mean, I enjoyed it more than that. It's, I don't know, just something about it. I, I, I don't, I don't want to give it a higher score until I read a maybe a full arc. Fair enough, fair enough. I think that's it. Yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for us, I believe. Ronnie just texted and said he's on the way home. And guess what, Ronnie? Too bad, we're done. <laughs> hey guys, I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ronnie's home. Let's hang up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, this has been episode 26 of At the Shock Central. Jack's at Jack Sutherland. Ronnie's at Rumbar 316. I'm at Geekvine. The show is at Aftershock Pod. Um, I want to give a heads up. I'm, I'm redoing our website, which means all our feeds are going to change. If you listen through iTunes or Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, any of those things, you're fine. It shouldn't affect you. Um, but if you're old school and you still use RSS feeds, uh, you might need to change that. So just a heads up, that'll be uh, probably in a couple weeks. But I'll keep reminding people on every podcast, on every episode. I guess until uh, the next time, go get daddy. Sit up. <sighs> My wife broke her bed this morning. Oh man. Yeah. She sent me a picture. I was like, what the f? She's probably not happy about that. I uh, know. I gotta go buy another bed now. Hmm. Y'all need to take this it is- easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that. She was. <laughs> <laughs>